sit down, grab a blanket, and snuggle up with your furry family, because it's time for Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, where Dr. Michael Takiwa will discuss everything you need to know to keep your fuzzy friends happy, healthy, and safe. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Here he is now, only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome to Your Pet Matters, COVID edition number 25. Uh, recording from home today, Pet Nation, so stuff going on. You'll probably hear some bangs and clings, maybe voices in the background, but what can you do? It's COVID. I want to start the program talking just about teams, the concept of teams, and how my understanding of teams have developed over the years from something that was, dare I say it, old school to something that is much more beneficial to people, their lives, and the business itself. And to understand this whole concept, I think we just have to talk about business in general and the simple fact that even though I run a veterinarian hospital, it is a business. It's a business, it's a service business designed to provide medical services to pets. And the general concept I want to talk about is that this is what we call an infinite game as what any business should really be looked at. And the businesses that struggle are typical those that look at it as a finite game. So, for example, a finite game is a typical football, hockey, basketball game where there's a finite set of time, even though it can go into overtime. There's a set number of players, and then there is a definitive end. As business should be looked at as no definitive end, that the players can change, that it's just continued, continued, that there is no definitive time step. There's only ahead and behind. And when you start to look at a business that way, and it, it brings the whole concept of long-term thinking rather than short-term thinking. And if you look at the way business has been run and how the ones that are struggling to have failure is they're looking at it as a finite mindset. So the whole concept of taking an infinite mindset, I think is huge and key there. And if you ever want to look more into that, uh, follow this dude called Simon Sinek. The guy's amazing. Um, His whole concepts are absolutely amazing. They've really helped me as a business owner. So how does that apply to team? Well, in the past, and frankly, I'm one of those people that you always look at as a team as everyone is. Repl- I can't tell you how many times uh, previous business owners have talked to me about every team member is replaceable. And I understand that concept because if you look at my business, the the person that has to remain with that business, good or bad, whether I want to or not, is actually me. It, it's I'm with that business till I sell it or I die. <laughs> but it's one of those concepts that you have to think about. And so... You do have to think that everyone, you know, things can change. Life is changed. Things can change. People come and go. It's it's one of those things. But to assume that it's easy to replace a key member is wrong. And that's a mindset that has to change. And I think that that is one of the most important mindsets that has to change. It, yes, they may leave. They may leave. But But our role as a business owner is to help develop them give them the potential to leave, i.e. the skill sets, the personality, anything, but then make sure they don't. And so I think that that's what what 
will define having a good team. And the reason why I'm saying this is that if you saw my post about how things have changed during COVID, one of the big things is I actually changed team numbers. I'm running on twice as many people as I did, and I have less doctors there prior to COVID. So it's an interesting concept. But I think team, to me, is going to be different to different people, but this is my... This is my concept of team. And so I look at team in, in several aspects of it. I, I, I think about trust. I think that it's, it's, it's a, it's a, everyone is involved. I think we have to provide avenues for them to grow. And we have to make an environment that's fun, that develops trust, that develops growth, and has joy. And the other thing that will help your team and for the short term, you may think it's tough, is that the whole concept of that leaders eat last, so business owners eat last, that everything has to be taken care of, especially the team, prior to everything else. And so, you know, we could delve into the negative aspects of things where I get a lot of business owners go, well, team leaves, you know, I, I do pay them well, you know, I give them all this stuff and everything. But if you look at how we in the veterinary profession are expectations for team members. It's amazingly rough. We expect them to work 14, 16 hours a day. We expect them to take all that crap that, you know, whether the the client is being difficult and you're going to get a lot of that more during COVID, um, we expect things from them. And so I think that that has to be looked at as how can we protect our team? Because quite frankly, the team is the one going to build your business, drive you forward. I couldn't do anything without the team. You know, there's, there's a mindset that, well, nothing can happen without a doctor there. You know what? Do you know how much happens without a doctor there? Um, do you know what happens without that doctor being involved? It's amazing. And for those of you doctors out there who are doing everything, you have to stop. You do. I call it cutting the umbilical cord. And part of that is trust. If you trust your team, you build a safety zone, a psychological safety zone that allows them to feel comfortable to say things like, hey, doc, I messed up. I made a mistake here. Hey, doc, you know what? I love being here, but there's stuff going on at home that is really affecting how I perform here. What can I do? So that part of trust is trust your team. I mean, we as business owners, I hear everything that goes on in my team's life, everything. And I joke to them. I said, I'll be sitting in my office writing notes, and I hear stuff. I just start chuckling because a lot of it's funny. But, you know, I think it's important to stay in tune with that team and to develop that sign of trust. And I verbalize it. I say, I trust you guys. Do this, do that. And the nonverbal trust is enabling them to do what they were trained to do. So I tell new team members, I say, listen, my role as a veterinarian is to do three things, is to diagnose disease, to prescribe medications, and to perform surgery. Anything in between there, that is what I hope you can enjoy doing. And I find that the team members that are are enabled and trusted to do the things. Like, for example, if I come into surgery tomorrow, I'm going to say, okay, guys, they'll ask me what pre-meds do I want to use? And the beauty of it is they know my protocol. And it's funny because we're, we're, we're experimenting with different protocol. And so I have some key team members that have lots of experience. And they say, well, do you want to try this? And I'll say, sure. 
And so I think that that creates a really trusting environment that they're going, not only do they feel trusted that I'm going to, you know, they're going to calculate drugs and stuff. They double check themselves. And so I'm confident there, but they have that trust for me that they can actually, hey, can I bring this concept of a different anesthetic protocol in that we can, we'll discuss it as a team and we'll come up with a, a general consensus, but yeah. And it, it was good. And to me, the biggest thing that happened last week was was something that happens to many, many individuals. You know, you, you do your physical exam for surgery. You're, everything's going great, and you give a pre-med. And then you go, and so so the concept of, um, for those of you who don't know, so we give a pre-med for surgery to uh, help for pain, decrease the amount of anesthesia mm-hmm. we have to do. And then there's a part called induction where we actually are injecting a, a medication to get to the to a anesthetic plane so we can get um, inhaling anesthetic going. And we had this little dog. Uh, she crashed. She literally crashed. And so we, we had to stop anesthesia at the point. And it took about a good hour just making sure everything's okay. But I had the trust in the team that, that their protocols, you know, I'm, I'm in the room. I'm sitting there and watching them do stuff. That They did everything properly. Their calculations were correct. It's just one of those scenarios that happened. The good news is Stella's doing great. But we couldn't do the surgery. It was a routine routine span, a puppy. These are routine surgeries. So um, everything went really well that way. And I think that um, if I didn't have the trust in the team, if they didn't feel trusted, I think things could have gone bad. And I made, I made a point of saying to them, you know what, guys? I'm really happy it's you guys here. Like many of you out there, I had team members that I would be deathly concerned about if they were to do things or be involved in stuff. Um, but this team is just amazing. And I, I told them that I said, I am, I am so glad you guys are here because I think there's, there's potential that things could have gone really bad. So trust, trust is huge. We'll take a short break, come back and continue our discussion right here in your pet matters. 1077, 1077, We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters. It's your host here, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, coming to you every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. right here on The Bronx, 107.7 on the FM. WRRC1 app for both Android and iPhone will allow you to listen anytime, anywhere, and we save everything digitally. There's archives that you can listen to. So it's not only this program, it's other great educational programs right here on the Bronx. So stay tuned and listen in. Um, We've been talking about team, and I spent some time talking about how trust. Trust is incredibly valuable, I think, in developing team. Um, I think it's important to create what we call psychological safety zone for them. And I think that's very important. And it's tough. I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I, I understand that some of you are a little bitter, a little burned out. We've, we've all had team members that have not been what they said they were, that things happen in life and the, their actions that they take are very selfish and it affects not only other team members, but the business. And I understand that you get that level, but you always have to trust because if you can't trust, if you can't develop a, 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 a environment of trust, you're going to have some issues. Um, so that takes me to my next point. I think that there is no I in team. Team is everyone, everyone. And so the best analogy you'll see out there is why is it that the Navy SEALs 
are one of the most successful organizations in the world. And, and there's many, many stories. You'll see this heroic acts of these guys doing stuff. And, and now women, but these guys doing stuff that would be just blown away. Why did you do that? And their, their answer always is that because that other person would have done it for me. My teammate would have done it for me. And if you can develop a, an environment where you're having people that are incredibly willing to do things for others, to to take, we, we joke in our team, I always go, okay, who wants to take one for the team? We're dealing with a, a client that is incredibly difficult to deal with. We'll go, okay, who wants to take one for the team? Usually it's me. I mean, you know, the, the, the adage is that, you know, poop rose uphill, man. It, it, the last person to have to deal with anything is the owner of the practice. And uh, I'm fortunate that I've got a great team that can buffer so much for me. But but yeah, it's one of those things. But you, you want to create an environment where, Someone is willing to do something for us, to sacrifice, to help, to whether it's time, effort, whatever it is that will do something for someone else. Because, you know, we're a service industry. We're a medical service industry, but it's service to others will definitely create a phenomenal environment. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch upon is, and it's it's something that I think is is prevalent among us. I. I I hear a lot of things. Um, if, if you were to analyze the way my business runs, I think uh, my pay scale for employees is incredibly high for the, I always weigh it too. So here's the gross of the practice and here's the, here's the pay scale for employees. But I think that it's, it's important. You have to pay them well. And everyone has a different version of what well paid is. But some of these things coming out, some of these, some of these costs that I see, these payroll things, it's phenomenally not right. Um, pay them well, pay them well. Um, you pay them well, you, it, it, it gives you more opportunity to, to get people that are coming in that are a, a higher caliber. Um, you'd be amazed. And, and that just creates a, a wonderful environment as well. Um, the other thing is, is treating them fairly. Um, I think it's, it's important that everyone gets a fair shake at everything. Uh, I think one of the things about developing a good team is opportunities to grow. So opportunities to grow are, are I always tell team members, I say, listen, I, my role here is to develop you because you're not going to want to end up doing the same thing. Um, we want to take your job description and we want to develop into something more. And the opportunities that we have to provide them is for the first the, the first and key thing is is continuing education. So send them, take them, have them come with you to conferences. It's incredibly important. I you know before COVID I would shut down the clinic so we could all go to New York Vet. Um, I think it's important to take them. I've taken team members down to North America, which is now VMX. Taking team members down to VMX, I think it's incredibly important to do that stuff because if they can see what we get to see um, from they're going to learn and develop and grow. And I think it's huge, 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 huge. And train them well. If there's a niche that they find themselves incredibly drawn to, build on it. If they're coming on board and they want to do things, like um, right now we're trying to develop a physiotherapy because I have a team member who's so huge into physiotherapy that my role and my obligation is to 
develop that for her so that she can then help my business grow. It's, it's, it's always a win-win situation. And then getting back to what I talked about in the first segment is I'm going to develop her to the point where she's going to be capable of doing this and she's going to have opportunities to go elsewhere. But it's my role as a good employer to have her not want to go. And we talk about people in my age category, been owning as long as I have, being completely burnt out and stressed. Your stress will be diminished 10,000-fold if you've got a team that you trust that is trained and qualified and willing and able to do things for you that you, you your stress levels will go down to nana. It'll be, it'll be awesome. So um, it's really important to do that to do that and I think lastly one of the most important things that that um, I have struggled with in the past but are, are having a heck of a good time now and it's it's really bringing out the um, kid in me well honestly the kid never left in me and I know tons of people can verify that um, it's just have fun um, joke around uh we joke that I don't think we're ever going to be able to open up after COVID because there's so much fun stuff going on, so loud, so fun, that clients are going to hear it. And, you know, clients are going to get the wrong perception of things. Uh, but I think that having fun is huge. Huge, 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 huge. Um, I think it's, it's huge. Having fun in many aspects. I wish there was more social things we could do, but... Um, I've managed to do some in-house social things that I think are, are paying off big time in morale um, because having fun is, is huge. And last, I'll leave you with a couple pointers that I think that um, as leaders, it, it's always and always think about that. Be the leader that you would have wanted to have. I've worked for enough people. I've worked with enough people that you really get the side of what poor leadership is, poor ownership is. And you know, there's none of us out there who don't know what being a good leader, being a good owner is. We all know this. It's just act upon it. Be that leader. Um, and be humble. Be humble. I have learned the most on the job. I, I have a student here. I have a vet student here. And um, I say my role here is just a teacher to be ready for the real world. But there are things that I learned well after vet school as a practicing vet from team members, from skilled uh, technicians um, of how to do things or what approach to take that blew my mind and always allowed me to be open to change and new ideas. Even, even my vet student, she, she, throw, she throws these things at me. What, you ever tried doing this? Holy crap, that's a great idea. So I think you have to be humbled because they know, they know so much more than they're really willing to share. And if I create an environment of trust and openness, they are more prone to share stuff. I think it's important. I think that's these are huge, important things that um, will definitely help with team. And it creates a great environment. So I enjoy going to work. Um, I don't know how many of you can can say honestly say that out there. I enjoy going to work because I enjoy you know I enjoy working with the people that I work with that work for me. And I think that, yes, we have stressful moments. I kid you not. Um, Saturday was some stressful moments, but we have fun. 
Um, and my role is to provide, at the end of Saturday, we did some fun stuff. And I think that's my role is to make it so that they leave work tired um, because we can't control the volume of the business that's coming in right now, but they leave the work happy. Um, and and the, there's one thing, there's one, sorry, there's one final thing I want to say is that I think a lot of you are taking opportunity right now to, to make a maximum income because this is never in the history of veterinary medicine has business boomed so much, myself included. But I'm actually, I've curtailed my hours because I want it to be good for the long term for everyone. I don't want to make, I'm taking that infinite mindset. I don't want to make a crap load of money now um, and then deal with repercussions. I want to make it fun and happy um, while I do it and give them a happy life. I think that the team is not overworked. Um, the stress levels are completely manageable, which is phenomenal to say in veterinary medicine, and we have a good time. So that's my two cents on team. Let's take a short break, and we'll come back for some more right here on Your Pet Matters. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the FFDA 107.7, or listen when you can at the app WRRC1. Every weekend, you'll find a project to get involved with. And sometimes, it'll include your scaly or furry partner in crime. From Your Pet Matters with Dr. T, it's time for Producers Pet Project. Your go-to for pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and overall helpful tips and tricks to keep your best friend happy and healthy. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of Your Pet Matters. I'm your producer Wade Buchanan, and today I thought I'd stay with the idea of teamwork by shedding some light on some organizations that help our furry friends stay happy, healthy, and safe. Now, the most common example of these would happen to be rescue shelters. The whole entirety of the staff and team often help find strays, get them back to a safe environment, and wait for their new families to come. Now I can tell you from experience that these shelters really do care about the pets that they take care of because I had my dog from a rescue shelter and they said nothing but good things about the dog that we were trying to get. And he was a German Shepherd. When they got him, he was about 50 pounds, had ammonia and had multiple other stomach problems that really couldn't have been fixed. So when me and my family took him, we fed him on a consistent diet. We helped him get over his stomach problems and he went from 50 pounds to uh, 75, which is very healthy for the German Shepherd. And when we brought him back for a visit, they couldn't get enough of how much he's grown and how much he was a better dog. Um, they praised him, loved him, and he seemed to love all the workers back because they were the ones that originally took care of him before we did. So I can definitely vouch for these rescue shelters when I say that they are the best reason that dogs and cats find their forever homes um, because they are kept safe and that they have a truly wonderful staff that care and treat them. Now for these other organizations that really don't get enough credit or enough of publicity, I want to shed some light on just a few of them and what their goal is. And one of these are the Allen County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or the SPCA. And the SPCA is located in Allen County, which is in Fort Wayne of Indiana. And it is a big town charitable organization that reduces harm and violence against animals. 
Due to the overcrowding of shelters in northern Indiana and northeast Ohio, Allen County SPCA aids with sheltering animals in need of forever homes caring for them until an adoption is accessible. And with no funding coming from the government, Allen County SPCA survives only on grants, donors, and fundraising. The next organization I would like to bring to light is Last Chance for Animals, which is a Los Angeles-based organization with the aim of achieving animal rights. The LCA opposes the use of animals for scientific curiosity, entertainment, clothing, and food. Founder Christy Rose has been using his connection to media outlets for years to help spread awareness and advocate for animal rights, as well as lead various activities and campaigns through LCA. 100% of the organization's funding comes through contributions with minimal expenses going to administration costs. Although some of these organizations seem very new, others have been doing this for quite a while to help our furry friends find homes and whatnot. One of these are the Society for the Improvement of Conditions for Stray Animals, which is an Ohio-based organization that helps promote welfare of stray dogs and cats, as well as nurture the human-animal bond. Since 1974, the Society for Improvement of Condition for Stray Animals has been helping homeless, stray, and unwanted pets find their forever homes and facilitates programming such as pet-facilitated therapy, humane education, spay and neuter assistance, and dog obedience training classes. Along with these organizations, there are others that focus on more exotic animals, and one of these are the American Eagle Foundation. This Tennessee charity is protecting the majestic bald eagle, America's national symbol, through environmental recovery and education programs. The American Eagle Foundation cares for over 80 non-releasable birds of prey, including 47 eagles, that play important roles in their education and breeding programs. They care for multiple orphaned and injured birds and manage various rehabilitation programs to help them get back out into the wild. This next organization, and in one of my personal favorites, is called Puppies Behind Bars. This incredible organization is teaching inmates to raise and train service dogs for wounded war veterans and explosive detecting canines for law enforcement. The New York-based organization has puppies enter a prison at eight weeks old, where they are well-loved and well-trained, helping inmates understand what it means to contribute to society rather than take from it. The dogs bring hope to their razors and independence to those they serve once fully trained. All of these organizations might have different causes or different specifications on how to help animals, but the reason that they are doing this is very similar, and that is for the benefits of animals, not just in our homes, but worldwide. I know of other organizations that I didn't get time to mention, such as the Elephant Sanctuary that helps and if elephants find a better habitat and stop from being endangered from hunters. There's also the Michigan Anti-Cruelty Society that helps with animal cruelty and helps them find homes that are better than where they were previous. But all of these organizations, all of these people, these teams come together and find one common goal and that is to help animals get better and to ultimately find happiness in others. So these people really do find a bond, trust, and help through the work of teamwork. And I think it's a very important topic that doesn't get discussed much in the success of these organizations or even just in the cause in general. So it's a very nice thing to have when you have a common goal and a bunch of people working to that goal. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Producers Pet Project. 
I'm your producer, Wade Buchanan, and join me next week as I discuss more topics on how to keep our furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Until then, back to Dr. T and Your Pet Matters. Have a good day, everyone. Stay safe, and I will see you next week. That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project, your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time, and for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, only on 107.7 The Bronx. We're back with Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care, discussing everything you need to know to keep your furry friends happy, healthy, and safe. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. Welcome to Your Pet Matters. This is some random dude that I'm talking to, Dr. (laughs) T. Tokiwa, and I'm his son, Jameson Tokiwa, and um, we're going to talk about pet safety during the winter. Take it away. No, you you take it away. What are are the three things? You're you're the guy doing the host thing, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So Okay. Always fucking relax. That's your eye. It's right there. See it? It's right there. Okay. Or you can look at me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at Glenn. You can mm-hmm. look at me. Okay. So anyways, here we go. What are we going to talk about? We're talking about three things, right? Three things about pet safety during the winter time. And what are the three things? The three general topics. Um, basically, pets on ice, you know, like ice melting, something like that. and um, Ice melt or salt. Ice or salt, something like that. And, and hypothermia. So why don't we start with the last one. What is hypothermia? It's basically like you get really, really cold and you're not properly dressed and then you end up dying. Okay, in a nutshell, yeah. So from a pet standpoint, what do you think? What, what's our body temp? What's our normal body temp? 98.1. Six. Six, sorry. But... Do you think pets run hotter or colder than us? I think they run a little colder than us. Do they? I mean, oh, you're definitely hotter. Okay, definitely hotter. So dogs run anywhere from 101 to about 102.5, 102.8. Ooh. Much higher. It'd be fever for you. So anything below normal body temperature is called hypothermia. Mm. So when we take Chica for a walk, we're always making sure what? She has a coat on because um, we learned our lesson the first time. I mean, this is, this is like, I don't know, during the winter time, it, we, we got her during the springtime, so we didn't know how she could handle the cold. And um, so we're, we're, we're walking her, like, you know, to the bus stop, and apparently she starts shivering because she doesn't have a coat on. And we, don't, and we didn't have a coat first, so then we just have to use our helpful resources by using a Halloween costume. Oh, yeah, we did. We used used her (laughs) Halloween costume. And then what did we use? Then we used this thing that hugs your pet called a thunder shirt. Yeah. They worked really well, right? Yeah. But now we've got like five coats for her, right? Yeah. One one of them she doesn't like. Spring pullover hoodie. Yeah, we got the one that's with the the hood, the purpley one with the hood. The purple one, she doesn't like that. And we got got the the red red one, one. we got the blue one, then we got the And then we got the slushy, the slushy one, right? For the wet. So it's all good. Yeah. So, but the most important thing those things do, or do what? What do they do with her? They keep the dog warm. Yeah. So that that's the best thing you can do about hypothermia is to, is to keep them warm. So you already talked about one sign that hypothermia can do. And the second sign is, well, uh, what do you think some of the signs are? 
Mm. <laughs> you talked about one. So she shivered. Yeah, she okay. shivered, and um, so what happens if you get cold? What happens to your muscles? Do you think they kind of start to freeze up? I mean, you ever get so. that feeling where you get really cold that you that you can't really move anything or you can't feel anything? You get yeah. really stiff, right? You get and then really when you're stiff. cold, do you, do you think you get tired or do you think you're awake when you're really cold? You're awake because 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 um the cold is keeping you awake. I mean. Who would go to the sleep and I mean? Well, that's, why would that's you go what to sleep happens though. Is you cold? get really tired and you get really cold, and then you can really collapse. And then if you get too cold, so uh, so other than just being outside in really subnormal temperatures, what else could give you hypothermia? We have one in our backyard. If you dove in in our backyard right now, it's thirty-one degrees out. What do you think? What do you think would happen? If you dove in your pool in the winter time. That would get you hypothermia, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, so those types of things can happen. Do you think? Do you think you can die from hypothermia? Uh, yeah. So, do you think pets can die from hypothermia? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think the best thing to do is to prevent them from getting? Make sure you keep your pet warm and don't let them die. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's one thing down. Okay. So, the next thing we're going to talk about is the salt. The salt. I mean, and what we're talking about salt is, I don't mean that salt that's at the beach or that salt that you put on your potato chips or french fries and then stuff them in your mouth. I'm not talking about that salt. We're talking about the salt that the salt trucks put on the street when right. it, before it's, it's going to snow. So do you know why they put salt out there? For some reason, the salt, it melts... Anything really cold, like snow or cold water or ice, it basically melts it, literally. Okay, and so do you think, what, what do you think happens? What, what, what can the salt do to pets? I guess, you know, it irritates their paws, because apparently pets don't have shoes, except boots, but they only, but like, they only wear those during muddy days or when, or like, you know, when the street is covered in snow and they're, whatever. Okay, so the salt can definitely irritate your pet's feet, but what hap What else can happen? It can damage them. How can it damage them, though? What can they do? If the salt can melt ice, who knows if it can melt paws? Oh, no, it won't melt paws. What else do they do? What does Cheek do sometimes? You see her doing when she her feet get irritated or something. What will she do to them? She will start licking, which uh -huh. is really bad, or scratching them. Okay, so if, if a pet eats salt, what do you think happens? Ooh. It's actually not okay to eat salt. Okay, so I it's mean, not okay. Do you know what happens? The taste is irritating and... Right, so depending on the type of salt that's there, they can actually get irritations in their mouth. But most commonly, do you know what it causes? Choking? Vomiting. Diarrhea. Oh, man, you'll have to clean your rug if you let that happen. Well, it's not good that that happens. Well, but diarrhea. Oh no, I do not want. I don't. Nobody wants to get doo doo in their house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what happens is sometimes their 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 ion levels in their in their blood, their sodium levels go down, and it actually can cause seizures, and they can be pretty bad. In fact, you oh, know, man. Officer uh, Monty, he said yeah, one of his one Major. of his dogs died after ingesting salt. So it can be really bad. So. What they've done is they've made pet-friendly de-icers out there. That's why it's called ice melters or de-icers. 
So the pet-friendly mm-hmm. ones um, contain urea or magnesium chloride. They can still upset the stomach, but but much it won't. Safer. But it, it like it. Right. I mean, it won't. Co- will it cause vomiting or diarrhea? It can cause vomiting if they eat a lot. So some dogs start will start eating and everything like that. So it's it's really important not to to let your pets do that or use safe salt. There was one thing else that 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 dogs in particular used to eat a lot in the past, and they made a self safe version of it. Was it? It was the stuff that makes our car, it's engine coolant. It's called antifreeze and it had a sweet taste to them. So a lot of dogs would lap it up and they'd go into immediate kidney failure. So then they made pet friendly things like that. So those are the two common things that um, happen. So if something happens, so say say Chica ate something and she was poisoned or something, so what what do you think you do? What would you do if, if you thought Chica was poisoned with something? There are like, you know, some things you can drink that like, you know, will well, just well, like you know. Okay, but what if you didn't know what she was poisoned? Oh, uh, just vo- just make her vomit. With well, that, the that, that's one thing. But so so what what would you do? Though. What would you do if you're home alone and she could eat something poison? What would you think of doing? Well, I would just get the hydrogen peroxide or whatever oh and just God. make her vomit. Smart guy, he would do that. So something sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you don't want to do that. But if I wasn't around or you didn't know what to do, what would you do? I would. What does it say? I would call. I would call a vet hospital. You would call a call hospital or call. ASP. uh, Basically, I just call poison control. Poison control, very good. So that should be a number on everyone's speed dial. Is poison control. Excellent. Okay. So the third thing, the few minutes we have, we only got a couple minutes left, is we're going to talk about. We talked about hypothermia. We talked about ice melt. And the third thing we're going to talk about is, it's common that happens, if a big goofy dog, if, if Bailey was here running around the backyard and he, and he slipped on ice, what would happen? You know, you can, uh, I mean, you can get injured slipping on ice, probably yes. break a bone, I don't know. Well, worst case scenario, you could break a bone, but the most common thing is they, they rip a muscle, tendon, or ligament. Oh. And so it's very common that limping dogs come to my to practice after running around the backyard and they slip on snow, ice, or whatever. Yeah, man. So those are those are things you have to watch out for. And if that happens, the best thing to do is, what do you do if your pet gets injured? What's What, what should most people do? Just go to the vet hospital. There's a reason why it's called, uh, there's a reason why it's called a hospital, dude. Dudes, you, yeah, you, dudes. Yeah. There's a reason why it's called a hospital. So call your veterinarian. And most likely they'll do a physical exam, and if there's not too much damage, they may need to take they may need to take X-rays. If it's not too damaged, they can prescribe some pain management. They'll prescribe rest, and what we do is we do a lot of laser therapy too, and then we also do physiotherapy if they're really injured. But you so said lasers? Do you use like you know lasers. real lasers? Not not killing lasers like guns, but the the therapeutic lasers work like really well. Like laser beams. Yeah, laser light. It really helps with decreasing pain and inflammation. So there you have it. We had a little chat about three things. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, see you next time. And remember, <laughs> love your pet like they love oh you. Oh, my God. He's got all my taglines. And, um, and then we have, have a good day slash night, whatever time you're watching this video. Because what, what do we have to go do now? Um, We got to take our dog for a walk in the cold. So she's going to... Wear a coat. Wear a coat. And then since it's it's night when we're recording this, what are we going to do? What do we do to make sure people see her? 
Um, we we put this light up collar thingy on her, and um, the, and um, some parts on her coat are reflective, so when the light comes and. And then what yeah. do we do after the walk? What do we end up we doing? let her inside so she can get warm. Take her coat off. I gave her some snacks and I brush her teeth and we put her stuff back on and let her out and then and then we go in the hot tub. We go in the hot tub because yeah. we, why do we use the hot tub? Um, because we get cold too. And we don't have fur to protect ourselves except on our head. And it limbers up our muscles, so Daddy can crawl around all day with pets. That's why. Yeah. Because this old man can crawl around all day with pets. <laughs> but okay. then, but then our dog gets jealous because you're. Because you're dealing with other dogs and not her. For well, the that's whole interesting, day. but I always come back to her. Okay, okay we yeah. gotta go. Say goodbye. All right. Say goodbye. All right. Bye. 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 Say goodbye. That was Your Pet Matters with Dr. T of Progressive Veterinary Care. You can tune in right here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Or to hear more right now, you can go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters, where you can download past episodes as podcasts on your favorite platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, Route 518, Skillman. For more information online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. We'll see you next time, only on 1077 The Bronx.